celebrated by Americans all over the world today in different ways, and we have chosen to show you tonight two different kinds of celebrations. One of the most colorful and picturesque takes place near the Capitol in Washington as the Smithsonian Institution stages its annual folk festival. The other celebration of Independence Day took place at the Attica State Prison in New York, and here is what these two celebrations looked like today. We love you, and I love you. Greetings and blessings, and welcome to the fourth episode of 5050, a look back 50 years ago and a countdown to my 50th birthday celebration. I'm your host, Jason, podcasting from my new secret bunker in Denver, Colorado. Thanks for joining me. Today, as many folks across the United States are lighting up their grills and cooking hot dogs as they celebrate, uh, independence, I pose the question once again, independence from what? A break from imperial tyranny, only to become the world's number one tyrannical empire? But you don't have to take my word for it. Take it straight from former CIA director and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo as he insists, before his Hudson Institute audience, that the U.S. remain, quote, a dominant force in the world, unquote. For those interested in an analysis of that speech, I'll leave a link in the show notes. But if we can truly say with any certainty that we are situated in the twilight of the American empire, then I suggest we also move from the negative, destructive, toward the positive, constructive, if you oppose war, promote peace. If you oppose hatred, promote love. That's exactly what the Rainbow family had in mind as their first gathering was inaugurated in 1972. It was a time when the Vietnam War was beginning to draw to a close. Ground troops had been greatly reduced and operations limited. Many who served were returning home with permanent scars from witnessing the horrors of war and looking for ways to heal. So on the 50th anniversary of the first Rainbow Gathering, I'd like to share with you a few clips from New Jersey Pictures' documentary, We Love You. And I'd like to share the story of the first Rainbow Gathering, Grandfather David, a Hopi elder, who showed up at the gathering. And there he was, telling us about the prophecy. When all the air is getting polluted and the waters are being polluted and the trees are being chopped down and things don't look too good for the human race, that there would be a new race born of all the races, of all the colors, and 
all the places. And these people would be known as warriors of the rainbow. And they would have feathers in their hair and grow their hair and, and they would live and die for the earth. They would do anything for nature. And they will get out there and help save the planet. And there will be a sign, he said. The sign will be there will be a white buffalo. And we were in Colorado mountains and there was snow on the mountains right in front of us. And they melted, the snow melted and left the shape of a white buffalo. And Grandfather David pointed at the white buffalo. He said, the prophecy has come. It was a unique period in time, you know, and I, I think what we saw with the Rainbow Gathering in 1972 was a part of the national healing process after the Vietnam War. You know, the coming together of, of, of veterans and peace activists to heal their wounds and, and, and create something new. When we got together, we were so volatile from being in the war and other shit and so stressed out. See, I do this for my stress disorder. I have post-traumatic stress disorder from being in the military. Okay, they don't want to give me my claim, but I, you know, I have that. And uh, I have it for all these years, okay? Now, we figured out something, okay? For one, we started rescuing brothers that came out of the war who we found in the streets. They're just like, one day they'd be in Vietnam, three days later they'd be standing in the streets of Seattle in the middle of the night, not even knowing where the hell they were. You know, and there's many like that walking around, even in this gathering here. But you know what we used? We figured out that this is our way of service. This is our karma. Of course, such a peaceful gathering would not escape the attention of the <clears throat> authorities. There's a lot of theories, some of which are kind of crazy, on, on what exactly the feds are doing here. But if you look at the official stories, and I, I've never really kind of was able to get a coherent official story out of the federal government. The official stories don't make any sense. So what we're left with is crazy theories. You had this attack on July 3rd. In all fairness, you can only describe it as, as obscene. You know, going in and shooting these weird weapons in, 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 in basically a daycare center, Kitty Village. On July 4th, you have this beautiful, this beautiful, you know, silent peace meditation. But when I come here on the 4th of July, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. My main purpose for coming to the gathering is the 4th of July silent meditation that we do for world peace. And it's, it's the most powerful prayer that I've ever been a part of. We're silent till noon, which is really powerful, just seeing all these people just walking around in silence. And then the kid village comes in in a parade and the silence is broken and everyone's holding hands and omen and, and then it all breaks free and then world peace happens. The prayer on the fourth for me is the core, the nectar, the cherry on top of it all. On the fourth of July, um, the whole gathering is silent except for the occasional whatever village uh, squire or barking dog or crying baby, it's relative silent. And when you get 20, 40, 50,000 people that have been making commotion for days, if not weeks, and all of a sudden it's just like, like the wind that you can hear right now. And there's a mystical thing in that. Most people, you know, don't go silent in their entire day except for when they sleep. 
For those interested in seeing the documentary, I'll leave a link in the show notes. However you plan to celebrate, or if you plan to celebrate, I encourage you to reflect on your place in the world, which at the moment seems very sick. What are some things you can do to bring about healing, to bring about peace, to bring about understanding, to bring about love? As I record this podcast, there are 209 days, 11 hours, and 51 minutes until my 50th birthday. Until next week, que todo sea amor.